takes the snap. Sets up, looks, looks, looks. He's going to throw one way down there to T.Y. He's got it. He's going to score. He's going to score. He's going to score on a 64-yard pass play. Harper's on Miller. McKee gets it in the middle for the win. He'll never be introduced the same way again. From now on, it'll be Will Power, Indianapolis 500 winner for 2018. The Brickyard 400 for Keselowski. everybody to another edition of bragging rights i am your host daniel bragg brought to you live on the diehard sports radio network or if you listen to the podcast live whenever you're listening to it it is march 4 2019 and again i welcome you to another edition of bragging rights you can interact with the diehard sports radio network on their new website at dhsradio.com on the site you can find the lineup of all the shows blog posts by show hosts and stream all live shows while they are happening it's a pretty great site Coming up on today's show, NASCAR debuted the full 2019 rules package at Las Vegas. The college basketball season gets a little crazier, and the NFL Combine was this past weekend making way for the NFL free agency, which is much more fun to watch. But first, the big issue that I have this week. Uh, All week I've been hearing about... Uh, on radio, on social media, about what is happening in New Orleans with Anthony Davis. We all know, if you pay attention to the NBA at all, you all know that the trade didn't go down at the trade deadline. He didn't end up going out to Los Angeles to be with the Lakers. LeBron's upset about it. The whole team knows that LeBron's upset about it. The whole team knows they were offered up to be traded just for this thing to go down. And now New Orleans, look, they know he's not going to be there. So what are they trying to do? They're tanking. That's essentially what they're doing. And it, but I'm not upset about it. I'll t- and, and I'll tell you why. It is no one's business. No one's business. I don't care what anybody says. No one's business. What these teams do with the rotation. And how they're tanking is, if you're not paying it, if you haven't been watching, Anthony Davis is being sat in the fourth quarter. Regardless of how close the game is, the New Orleans Pelicans are benching Anthony Davis in the fourth quarter. A lot of fans, I guess, don't like this. A lot of fans don't like it. Not even New Orleans Pelicans fans. They're not, and and I want to make that clear, it's not Pelicans fans that are upset. It's not Pelicans fans that are upset. It's not Pelicans media that's upset. It's no one in the state of Louisiana, other than Anthony Davis, is upset about this. No one is trying to tell the organization how to coach or do their rotation in the state of Louisiana. Everyone else has a problem with it. And I've I've even heard some sports people on the radio, I mean prominent network level people, say that the commissioner needs to get involved because what they're doing to Anthony Davis isn't right. What are they doing? What are they really doing to Anthony Davis? They're paying the man millions of dollars to sit on the bench for the fourth quarter. He doesn't care what they do. 
He has no vested interest in that team whatsoever beyond this year. They're not going to win the title this year, even if they make the playoffs. I think everyone's confident about that. So what? He doesn't care. He care. The only way he cares is he wants his minutes. That's the only way. He wants his minutes and he wants his stats. That's the only reason he would care. Because he's getting paid. He's getting paid to rest, essentially. It makes no sense why people are upset about this. But it's the same people that were upset about it when, you know, when Pop was sitting, when Popovich was sitting the Spurs uh, stars, but he was doing that actually to preserve them for the playoffs. And people were still complaining because it will, and it's always in the name of fans. It's always in the name of fans. You always hear the media say, well, in the names of fans, in the name of fans. Look, it's not about the fans. You just don't like it because it might take away from your little uh, storyboard or whatnot that you're going to do tomorrow. You want to be able to show highlights and you want to be able to talk up Anthony Davis. And you can't because he gets sat in the fourth quarter. So you're going to complain about him being sat in the fourth quarter. It is none of the commissioner's business. And that's the thing. And, and the thing is, and the sad part is, my opinion of Adam Silver is strong enough to the point where I know he's going to step in at some point. I just know he's going to. Because this league isn't run by the teams. It's not run by the coaches. It's not run by the owners. It's run by the players. Because Adam Silver has created this. Adam Silver has created this uh, this atmosphere where these players really do think they run the place. And it's because in the NBA they do. It's one of the, re- it's one of the biggest turnoffs about the NBA. If, if I'm an aspiring GM, if I really want to be a GM of a sports team, which I did a couple of years ago, that's why I was going to school for it, but I at no point wanted to do, have anything to do with the NBA, anything to do with them. Because the fact of the matter is, the players tell you who they want to play with, they tell you where they want to play, nine times out of ten, they're choosing their own destination. It has nothing to do with the GM has nothing to do with the owner nine times out of ten. It's just, I want to play in this city. LeBron James is throwing hissy fits all over the court because he didn't get the guy he wanted. Yeah, I mean, full-blown hissy fits. What was it, Saturday? Yeah, Saturday, I believe, where he was he was clearly distraught. And he this I've seen the replay a couple times where he's supposed to be just throwing it in, and he says he was trying to throw it over the top of a head of another teammate to get it to another one. Well, he hit the back of the backboard, and it went straight back out. So he turned the ball over on a throw-in. You are LeBron James. You're supposed to be one of the greatest, if not what some people say, the GOAT of basketball. And you're throwing a hissy fit. Because your team isn't doing what you, I guess, thought they were going to do. Look, everyone said the first year out there, at least the first year, it was a wash. You weren't making the playoffs. There were some that said, oh, they're going to make like the three seed. No. This team was built poorly. And it was built poorly for one year. And that's all it was. It was a a stopgap. Because the real goal was next year. It might have been this year. But then, PG backed out. 
when Paul George decided he was going to stay in OKC, they kind of they they panicked, and that's the thing. Michael, not Michael, <laughs> Magic has a lot to do to make LeBron happy, and that's that's the reality. Because what has he really done short of drafting Lonzo Ball and um, getting LeBron James to the Lakers, which was easy because LeBron basically told everybody he was going to the Lakers. You could tell it in his actions. He was going to the Lakers. Everybody knew it. So that was an easy get. When LeBron's actually asked him to go get players, he hasn't done it. And it's because, like I've said for months now, and I always get laughed at when I say it, but I don't care. These players don't want to play with LeBron James anymore. They don't. Especially the top players. Top players do not want to play with LeBron James. Why? Because they know as soon as they go there, they're, one, not going to get talked about because you're going to be Robin. I don't care who's out there. I don't care who's out. The only person in the current NBA that could be on that team and maybe, maybe get mentioned as much as LeBron James is KD. And he's not going to the Lakers. There's no way he's going to the Lakers. So... A lot of these top stars don't want to have anything to do with being on the same team as LeBron James. So he's having to do it with lesser talent. Even though he keeps saying, no, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that. People don't want to be in a big three with him anymore. He had to travel to be a part of a big three. He had to go to Miami, go to Wade to be a big three, and then bring in Chris Bosh. And then the big three in Cleveland, one of the guys, again, was already there. He's having to join other teams with a star in order to build his big threes. That's what he has done. In L.A., there's no number two, much less a number three. And they're trying to go out and grab some some of these guys. It wouldn't shock me if Kawhi doesn't show up at the Lakers. It wouldn't shock me if Anthony Davis doesn't show up at the Lakers. But for, for media types and for fans... To be screaming about the fact that the New Orleans Pelicans are benching Anthony Davis is just ludicrous to me. It's their own team. I don't want any governing body, because that's what the NBA is, regardless of what you feel about any of them. They are a governing body. They're the government of basketball, essentially. I don't want them... Telling coaches and teams how to run their rotation. And that's exactly what they would be doing by saying, Anthony Davis has to play in the fourth quarter if he's healthy. I don't want that. And personally, if that does happen, I lose even more interest in basketball. But that was my big issue. Moving on, uh, the Pacers, we're going to keep it with the NBA. The Pacers... Went 1-3 and three last week with losses to Detroit, Dallas, and Orlando, which is never good, but it is what it is. Um, they, had a, they had a rough spot last week. <laughs> Ironically, the best team that they played in Minnesota, they ended up beating. I mean, it took 37 points from Bogdanovich, but they still got it done. Um, so they, they, they've, got a, they've got a situation right now, and hopefully they can get it turned around. The play, they play the Bulls tomorrow at Bankers Life Fieldhouse before going on the road to take on the two of the best in the East and the Bucks and the 76ers. 
Currently, they sit third in the East at 41-23, and 23, despite what ESPN and Sports Illustrated want to write about. I'm not mad. I, look, I'm not mad about the Pacers not being talked about, but at a certain point, how many of these top four East, top four in the East teams or you know, issues with the top four teams or strengths in the top four, of the, but you don't mention the Pacers? How many of these pieces are going to come out before the end of the season and the Pacers still get the three seed? Hopefully. I'm not locking that at all. They're only a half game up on the 76ers. That's why that's the game in Philadelphia, I believe, on Sunday is a huge game. But at this point, all the games are huge. We're getting down to the nitty gritty, and if you really don't want to be a you know out in the first round level team, which look, I think everybody would be. I think really at this point, playoffs, it's good. But like we're good. When Oladipo went down, I think everybody, if they make the playoffs, and if they for the love of God win one series, I'm good with it. Like that's more than I could ask with a team without their star. Because that's what it is. It's a team without their star. Fortunately, Bogdanovich has stepped up huge. Sabonis has been great. Miles Turner has been better, I guess. I mean, he's it, his his low post defense uh, is is up there with the best of them, um, especially using this st- statistic of blocks to kind of gauge that. That, but I I don't want to speak. <laughs> And here's the thing. I don't want to speak ill of Miles Turner. I like Miles Turner, okay? But when we talk about his great defense, we always go to his block number. He's leading the NBA in blocks, I believe. The problem is, how do you get blocks? Well, here's here's the other thing. How do you get blocks? Most of his blocks are unfortunately after he gets burned. He's got long enough arms to where he can block it after the guy gets by him. Which is a good quality, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. But he still got burnt. Now, he does have those where the guys decide they're going to challenge him at the rim. And Miles Turner is a beast at the rim. He's not going to let anybody go over him. And it's nice. It's nice to see. But, again, without without your star, and I'm not, I'm not going to turn this into a Miles Turner thing. Without their star, if this team is able to get to the second round of the playoffs, it's more than enough... It's more than we could have ever asked for. I don't think even... Well, with with Oladipo playing like he did last year, I think this team could have been Eastern Conference Finals capable. Without Oladipo, uh, I, I just don't see it. Second round's great, and that's what we should really be attaining. That's what you should probably expect. Um, just we, we got to temper our, our expectations a little bit because of the fact that their star is gone. When Oladipo comes back, we can raise him back up. But we don't know what the team's going to look like when Oladipo comes back. With Bogdanovich being a contract year for him, both point guards in Collison and... I can never remember his name. Corey Joseph. Both of them being in contract years. I don't know what the point guard position's going to look like. No one does. Um, So, especially with the young guy that we got on the bench, there's no reason why we need to re-sign both Collison and... Corey Joseph. I also, at the same time, don't want Corey Joseph being the starting point guard. So, we'll see what happens. I think Bogdanovich is an absolute. You have to bring him back. It just he's he's earned it. Unless it's some astronomical number that the team's not willing to pay. Bogdanovich, I believe, has earned his spot at the number three. Wesley Matthews has been great. 
since coming to the team, but I don't see him staying with the team. He should be starting somewhere else, or he should be starting. And with Oladipo on this team, he's not going to be starting. That, that that's just the reality of it. He's not going to start at the three. He's gonna he's a, he's a true guard, which is great. But he's not he's not starting over Oladipo, and he's not we're not going to make Oladipo our point guard. So we'll we'll see what they do after this season. Really, like I said, hopefully the Pacers can lock in that three seed, protect it against the 76ers, and uh, have a good shot at making the second round. And if you get to the second round, look, it's the NBA playoffs. Unfortunately, best of seven series, nine times out of ten, you're going to get the best team. But the way they've been playing since they started playing team ball, you know, you never know. I mean, this team could shock everybody and get to the the AFC, to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I just, I don't see it this year. And it's a shame because I think they absolutely could have with Oladipo. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll really see. But again, they play the Bulls tomorrow at Bankers Life Fieldhouse before going on the road for two games. And we'll see uh, just how they look tomorrow. They're playing the Bulls. Uh, they should be able to get a win, I would think. Moving on. NASCAR was in Las Vegas last or this past week, and this is what it sounded like. And there's the white flag. Now, Brad has a win here with a last lap pass. Oh, big run here coming yeah. off of turn two. And he is. He's up high. And got a nice run down the back straightaway. Not sure it's too little too five, late, but I think he's going to be right there five, at the back four, bumper. Three, and your track is on the bottom. Three back on the line. Kozlowski to the bottom line. looking. Nose to tail off turn four. So close. Wow. He was there. Joey Logano scores his first win of the season in his championship defense. Good job, man. Good job. The Penzoil awesome Ford job. wins the Penzoil 400. So Joey Logano, like you just heard, wins the Penzoil 400 at Las Vegas. It was the first race of this season with 100% of the new rules package. We saw a crazy qualifying session, which I actually found entertaining. Um, where they were having to use a lot of draft, but again, it's Las Vegas. I think that's what we're going to see. What we saw on Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday is what we're going to see in the Cup Series at a, a mile and a half and bigger, which I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that at all. NASCAR fans, not all of them, but you know, I've been on the soapbox for the last couple of weeks. Um, they continue to be just the absolute worst. It, <laughs> If you turn on the race expecting to see bad racing, you're going to see bad racing. And that's the thing. I've got guys on Twitter that have been ripping this rules package since before they even implemented it. Said it's going to be the worst, and I'm not. I'm never watching NASCAR again. But yet he watches it because that's exactly what these people do. All they do, they love being miserable. They live to be miserable. And it's exhausting. It's gotten to the point where I'm, I'm unfollowing people. Guys that I've known for years, I can't do it anymore. It's exhausting seeing them non-stop, non-stop ripping of NASCAR and the rules package and anything that NASCAR does is wrong because they don't like it and they constantly talk about how it used to be even though they're younger than me and they don't remember what it was. We all long for the days of the 90s and the early 2000s. Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube and look up races from back then. And tell me what the drastic difference is. Please. 
I'd love to hear what you really think is the drastic difference between NASCAR now and NASCAR 20 years ago. You can go back to 1999. Do it. And I, for every race that you show me a really competitive race, look at how much they're passing. I can show you one where you fell asleep. Because it's stock car racing on ovals. You have to appreciate it for what it is. The race this past weekend was boring not because of the rules package. It was boring because there was no caution. And I hate saying that. But we all know it's true. Everyone complains about fabricated cautions. But the thing is, when there's not a caution, 9 times out of 10, the race is horrible. And the thing is, there wasn't a caution aside from the stages, which I love. But aside from the stages, there was no other caution. And yet we still had a guy almost... We, we nose to tail coming off turn four on the last lap. And you're still complaining about the racing sucking. I, I don't know what else you want. And Kyle Busch... Kyle Busch gets out of the car and just does nothing but rip it and talk about how it sucks and whatnot. He's only, he's only mad because he won. He, he can only win in the lower series this year so far. We're only three races in, but Kyle Busch is always unhappy if he didn't win, which I expect, but all he does is rip it. All he does is get out of the car and rip and rip and rip and say how it's not real racing and blah, 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 blah. Dude, drive the car. Kyle Busch might have passed more people on Sunday than anybody else on that track, but he got out of the car and said you couldn't pass anybody. No, you just couldn't pass the leader. It's okay, Kyle. Come back next week. It's not the package. You just weren't fast enough. It's okay. I loved it. I really did. Even though my the, my, my guy's Chase Elliott. It doesn't matter. He, he didn't really run that great. I think he still finished top 10, which is good. But still, it doesn't matter. Because the racing, the qualifying session was n- insanity. It was entertaining. And it, there's, there's a lot of NASCAR fans out there that don't understand that sports are entertainment number one. Look, we can try to we can try to make it something it's not. We can try, and a lot of people do. But it's entertainment. They work in the entertainment industry. That's why they all make millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, in the NFL. They work in the entertainment industry. There's a lot of money to be spent. If you are not entertained, you will not give them your money. It's just, it's the same thing on local tracks. It's the same thing, regardless, it's racing. If you are not entertained, you will not spend your money there. You won't. I did find a fun, uh, fun little nugget, though, that I, I saw where the ratings, while they've been around what they were last year, uh, I, I love seeing when Indianapolis is considered one of the, or was rated as one of the five largest markets because um, it, it always brings into question why no one goes to the brickyard I mean if I mean they got a seven locally a seven I'm not sure what that equates to in millions of viewers I know it's quite a few I know it's quite a few to get a seven market share so why is no one at the brickyard is it cost is it you just don't want to go? You think it's a bad race? Because the thing is, you're still going to watch it at home. If you're like me, if anything's happening at the Speedway, you're either there or you're watching it at home. But you all go to the 500. 
you'll all watch the 500, but you also go to the 500. We'll watch the Brickyard, but not go. Why? I, I, I really do want to talk to some people about why they watch the Brickyard, but won't go to the Brickyard. But that's that, that's an issue for another day. I just, it, it's, it's interesting when I see, you know, I, being from Indianapolis, I understand that NASCAR is not the top of anyone's list locally. I understand that. Because IndyCar is right down the block. I drive past I drive past uh, IndyCar garages daily. It's home to IndyCar, and we have to fully embrace and fully push the local sport. I get that. But you also fully embrace NHRA. And I think there's a lot, there's a silent, there's a silent, a large silent group in Indianapolis that support NASCAR. And it's sad that they're silent because then it makes me sound like I'm crazy. But like I said, they got a seven market share in Indianapolis for that race yesterday. So I know I'm not the only person in Indianapolis watching NASCAR. So that made me feel a little bit good. Uh, But, you know, like I said, it was the first race of this new rules package. I loved it. It still allowed for the racing to spread out. It wasn't Talladega, like a lot of people have said it was. Well, it's going to be Talladega and Daytona at every track. Well, it wasn't, okay? So we can move on past that. But you still had guys, you, you had bunches of cars together, which was cool. I think after, at the end of the race, you I mean, you obviously had uh, Logano and Kozlowski running for the flag. Kyle Busch was only, I think, like a second, two seconds behind that. And yeah, it was a big drop-off behind, I think, fourth or fifth. But, you know, that happens when there's no cautions. Regardless of the package, that's going to happen. So, this notion that this package is drastically ruining NASCAR is a joke. And I and I immediately write off anyone that says, you know, well, it's clearly the package's fault. No, that, that's, that's just what we have. Uh, in NCAA news, we're going to go a little long today, and I don't care. <laughs> I, I just noticed we're already at 26 minutes, and I... Still got some stuff to go over, so we're just going to keep going. I, I appreciate everybody that listens to it, and I hope you guys stick around. Uh, in NCAA news, it is March, as I said at the beginning, and it is the greatest month in all of sports, and this happened on Saturday. Winston, eight seconds. Turns, Winston, drives. Fade to the corner, short, loose, and that's it! Indiana! What a comeback win! Down by 12. They end the game on a 7-0 run. Snapping Michigan State's five-game streak. And the Hoosiers knock off the sixth-ranked team in America. I love Gus Johnson. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah, IU tops Michigan State. At Assembly Hall, 63-62. It brings IU back into the discussion of bubble team. I don't think it's enough to get them in, but it brings them back into the discussion. They've got the last two games coming up. I believe it's Illinois and Northwestern. Maybe not Northwestern. Maybe I got IU and Purdue flipped. Either way, um, they've got two winnable games. I know they've got Rutgers left. Um, Two very winnable games the last two games of the season. I still don't think that's going to be enough, even though they beat Michigan State twice. I, I just, 
and I know they beat Marquette, but that was back in November, and this is not the same team. They went. I mean, they. This is the same team that lost eleven games out of twelve, or twelve out of thirteen, something like that. Like it did. When they show up, like they did on Saturday, IU is absolutely a tournament worthy team. But you've got. I mean, you. There's no overlooking all of the bad losses they have. I think the. I think IU, if they don't get help, if they don't get help from teams in front of them falling off in the next week or so. I think they absolutely have to win out, and they have to make a deep run in the Big Ten tourney. Winning one game is not going to solidify the NCAA tournament. I think they have to get at least to the quarterfinals, at least, if not farther. Because quarterfinals is kind of attainable for them, I would think. If if they get one big upset and all of a sudden you know jump over somebody and get to the final four of that Big Ten tournament, even despite the fact that they always suck in the Big Ten tournament, you know, that will, I think, get them in. But even that might get them into a play-in game. I use, I know their wins have been great, and I was talking to somebody about it on Saturday and I at work. I know their big win, they have some big wins. They've beat, but they beat Michigan State by a total of five across their two games. They lost to Rutgers by like 8 or 20. I forget. I looked it up. They lost one of the bad teams in the Big Ten by like 21 points. You can't do that. You just can't. So, it got them back on the bubble. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I still firmly believe, after watching that game, and after watching every IU game this year that I have seen, Romeo Langford is going to the NBA, but he's not the best player on that team. And that's the wickedness of college basketball and basketball in the whole. Juwan Morgan is the best player on that team. But Juwan Morgan will probably not get drafted because he's not really built for the NBA. And that's that, That's just that's life. Romeo Langford continues to be... He's good. He's good. Okay? He's good. But I, I just, every time I watch him, I don't see a one-and-done player. I just don't. And, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, sh- I, I don't know. The way he's played this year, if he has a bad tournament, I could see him falling out. Of, if you fall out of, um, if you fall out of lottery level, I think he absolutely should come back. Because, Let's say right now they say you're going to get drafted 12th. Well, you come back for one year, you could get drafted second if you tear it up next year. I mean, what what are you really hurting by coming back? I mean, I I don't know. Look, the kid the the kid has basically run his entire life like a business. I don't I don't foresee him staying because he's going to go get that paycheck. And I I can't I look, I can't blame him. I can't blame I can't blame any of these kids that leave to get that paycheck. It's millions of dollars that we're talking about. It's money that I'll never see. So I I cannot blame them one bit if they go to the NBA draft. But if he goes to the NBA draft, I kid you not, mark my words, he will be in the G League. He will be in the G League for at least a year. 
if not more. His shot is not consistent enough. His free throw shooting is not consistent enough. He can't really shoot from behind the arc. He hits big shots occasionally. He gets points, yes. This year he has gotten points, but they've also put him at the line a lot. And like I said a couple weeks ago, the fact that he's a shot creator is great, but it's not great if the shot doesn't go in. Well, you you created space for that jumper. Good. It missed. So it means nothing. Thanks for that. It's a great skill. That means nothing. But we'll see. I I don't like hating on... I I really don't like hating, I guess, is the word I'm going to use, on kids. Because that's what he is. He's an 18-year-old kid. So... I wish nothing but the best for him, but I don't know. We'll we'll see if IU can make the tourney. And I, for the for his benefit, I hope they do. I really do. It the tournament is better when there's more Indian locally when there's more Indiana schools in it. And right now, it looks like there's a good chance it's only at Purdue. Good chance. So really, for local reasons, I hope IU makes the tourney. But the biggest thing. The biggest takeaway from uh, a lot of people in Indiana, a lot of people from that game, was that IU inadvertently did Purdue a favor. Because by winning, Purdue, all they have to do is win out. And they started their winning out stretch literally the game after that. 15 and 3 as we hit zeros. The Boilermakers by a game with two to go. In an awesome Big Ten season. So yeah, Purdue's two games away. This Purdue team that a lot of people thought was going to be a middling Purdue team is two games away from being Big Ten champions again. It's incredible. It's not getting talked about enough. It, it really isn't. Because of, they've got seven losses. That's great. Or seven or eight losses. I'm, I'm not even sure what it is now. But they also played arguably the hardest schedule in the Big Ten. They moved up to 11 in the rankings this week. Okay. I mean, okay. They're probably going to be a three seed in the tourney. Okay. That's fine. There's a good chance Michigan State and Michigan both get higher seeds. That's fine. I mean, that, I'm not bitter about it. I think even if Purdue were to win the Big Ten tournament, I think Michigan and Michigan State still get higher seeds. That's just what I've seen. That's what I have seen from the experts so far in 2019. Nobody believes in this team because outside of locally, no one can name other any other guy on that team aside from Carson Edwards. A few might come up with Matt Harms because of his hair that we talked about last year. But other than that, nobody can name a Purdue player, which is fine. Because this is what Matt... Painter's M.O. is. He builds teams out of guys that no one's ever heard of. Hopefully, hopefully, God willing, this season they can get over that hump of, you know, get to the Elite Eight. But, you know, we'll see. I think we'll, it'll be interesting, especially in the once we get to the Big Ten tourney, Purdue should, again, should take care of business. I believe their last two games, again, I should have their schedule in front of me. I, I believe I know they finish at Northwestern. I believe they also have Illinois next. They should take care of Illinois. Or no, I'm sorry, it's not Illinois. It's Min- Minnesota. 
They're in Minnesota on Wednesday and then have Northwestern, I believe, on Saturday. And that's their last two games. They should, realistically, be able to win both of those. As long as they continue to play like they have, they will win both of those. And Purdue will get another Big Ten title. But if I've learned anything from most college basketball fans, Big Ten titles don't matter. Which is a lie, of course. Because any title is good. The biggest issue I have is the NCAA tournament not locking in regular season champ- or regular season conference champions. I don't understand why tournament champions are more favored or like more celebrated than season long champions. Tournament champions, that's great. You won four games in four days. Good good for you. Good job. Or in Purdue's case this year, it would be three wins in three days. Good job. But why should that be more celebrated than what they did over the course of the season? But that's the way the tournament works, and it's that's fine. Because realistically, no, no whole season... Well, I can't even say that, because you've got the mid-majors. Mid-major teams get screwed out of it all the time. Where they'll win the regular season tournament, or they'll win the regular season title but then fall short in the tournament, and then all of a sudden, they're not in. It happens. Look it up. It's wrong, but it happens. I really, if I could change anything, it would be that. But either way, I'm going to celebrate if Purdue wins a Big Ten title. I'm going to celebrate all day. I don't even care. Despite the fact that I'm going to get, IU fans want to crap all over it because banners, banners, banners. Look at our five that you haven't won since I was born. Even though you want to crap all over it. I don't care. It's another Big Ten title. I'm going to celebrate it. You guys flooded the court for beating a conference rival that you are... You should. You should beat all conference rivals at home. You flooded the court because of it. That's all I'm saying. I hate flooding the court. Look, I'm going to say this right now, and I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, but I'm going to say it right now. I hate flooding the court. I hate it. Hate it. Especially if it's within your conference. Unless it's like a top one or two team. Michigan State was number six. That's borderline acceptable. Borderline. I hate flooding the court. You see flooding the field, flooding the court way too much. And I know they're just kids and I should probably get off my soapbox and just let them be kids. But I hate it. I hate it, I hate it, because from a security standpoint, it's a terrible idea. From a security standpoint, the fact that people haven't been trampled doing it is a miracle. And I'm sure back in the day someone has, but lately no one has. It's a terrible idea. Most of the time the players aren't even involved in it. That's my thing. You flood the court and then all the players aren't there. It's just students wanting to stand on the court. But it makes for good television. So we're going to record it. It's just the it's these college kids wanting to go on TV. And again, I understand they're kids. I should just let them be kids. But I hate it. <laughs> I can't stand the flooding the court thing. Because no one in the stands, they're kids, they don't think about, you know, you've got to act like you've been there. You've, won, you, you've flooded the court for beating Michigan State in a regular season game. You're not cutting down nets. 
you're still tenth in the divi- er, tenth in the conference, and you flooded the court like you just won a championship. As much as IU fans want to talk about banners and want to talk about, you know, how much they've been there and all the great things they've accomplished, you still flooded the court against a conference rival at home. A game that you should win, you flooded the court for. Banners, 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 flood the court because you beat a conference rival. Good for you. The last thing, uh, I saw it right before I came on. Uh, the Giants are rumored to not, we're going to move into the NFL, the Giants are rumored to not be franchise tagging safety Landon Collins. Uh, fantastic. As a Colts fan, fantastic. And I trust Chris Ballard, especially after what he did last season. I wholeheartedly believe that there's no way Chris Ballard is not going to try to get Landon Collins if he hits the market. He's one of the best safeties in the league. We should have had him. The Colts should have had him in 2015. But, and I still remember, I sat up from my bed. I turned on the I turned on the draft, literally a pick before the Colts drafted. And I saw Landon Collins' name still available. And I looked at my wife, and I'm like, yes, here we go. Like, let's do it. And then, scrolling across the bottom, Colts select wide receiver Philip Dorsett. And I had no words. I just turned it off. Between, I don't know who's more to blame, Grigson or Pagano. I'm sure both of them had a hand in it. That was, it was embarrassing. Embarrassing. So, Landon Collins should have been a Colt back in 2015. But now, thanks to the Giants for some reason deciding that his market value or the franchise value is not what his value is, he might be hitting the open market. And the Colts got a lot of money. I don't want him to spend a lot. I don't want because the free agent pool this year isn't that great. I don't want him to necessarily go on a spending spree. You give Landon Collins money. Go get him. If he's available, at least have a discussion with him. That's all That's all I really want. Because Landon Collins would be great. You bring back either Gathers or Farley to be his backup, whichever one agrees to the, you know, the least amount of money. And then you draft and draft and draft. You try to get a wide receiver because I'd really like them to go get a wide receiver, whether it's uh, the guy I talked about last week. For the life of me, his name escapes me. Uh, whether it's Golden Tate, go get somebody. Uh, oh, Crabtree. That's who I talked about last week, Crabtree. Whether it's Crabtree, whether it's Golden Tate, I don't care. You need a number two. You need a number two wide receiver. So go get whoever you can that is worthy of the money that you're going to give them and draft and draft and draft. And I think the Colts in 2019... We're just going to keep riding this train, guys. I really do believe that they will be one of the easily the top four. They're going to win. I firmly believe they win the division. And 
the only reason I don't think that they're a lock for one of the top two seeds in the AFC is because of the strength of schedule. They don't have an easy schedule next year. But that's okay. But I, I, I love it. I can't wait. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Free agency is going to start for the NFL. NBA playoffs are fast approaching. NASCAR is getting into the swing of it. March Madness is coming up in a couple weeks. We're getting good, guys. And I appreciate you all for coming on the ride with me. Reminder, if you miss any part of this show, you can find the complete podcast on Die Hard Sports Radio page on Mixler, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or iTunes. Just search for Bragging Rights with Daniel Bragg. I appreciate you all for listening, and I will check you out next week talking about potentially a Purdue Big Ten title. Thanks. See you next week.